Welcome to the Website Coach Podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs and small business owners that want a winning website, one that attracts more visitors and helps them book more clients. I'm Marie Brown, a website designer and business strategist, and I'll be sharing simple and actionable tips to help you create a winning website. So let's get started. Hello, welcome to episode 33 of the Website Coach Podcast. And this week, I'm talking about how to know if your website is working for you. Because a lot of people build their website or get their website built, and then they put it on a shelf and leave it. Think, job's done. But actually, your website is a key tool in your marketing arsenal. You spent time and probably money on your website. But is it working as hard as it could be for you? And I don't mean technically. I mean, is it bringing in clients? Because that is what it should be doing. Now, before I talk about how you might know this, it's important to note that most websites work best as conversion tools. Your website has a key role in converting people who have found you elsewhere into clients, of course. So somebody might ask a friend for recommendations and then visit your website. If they like what they see, they'll take action. They'll buy, schedule an appointment, book a call, or take whatever action you want them to take. It's the same with social media. Most people who find you on social media will then check out your website. I know I certainly do, because social media is a, well, messy place to work out exactly what you do and how you can help. It's a great place for people to get to know, like, and trust you, though. But a good website will give them the information they need, in a logical order, of course, to decide whether to work with you, without boring them with lots of other information that they don't need. So please, (laughs) don't think your website is only working if your leads are coming through SEO. SEO is search engine optimization. That's people searching for relevant phrases on the likes of Google. Your website is working and doing its job if website visitors are becoming clients, whether they found you through SEO or any other platform. So how do you know whether your website is getting you clients? Before I talk about the stats you need to look at to find that out, It's not just a question of whether your website's working for you or not, but what's working and what you can do to improve it. And tracking your website stats allows you to see what's working and what isn't. So you can do more of what works and less of what doesn't. And not just what's working on your website, but what's working across all of your marketing. I mean, Who wants to spend time on LinkedIn unless they're getting sales? Be that via DMs or leads to their website. (laughs) Not me for sure. (laughs) And if you're running ads or spending any money on marketing, it's even more important that you know what's working and what's not. Ad stats don't tell you the full picture. Because some people might see an ad and rather than click on it, go direct to your website. But there's an awful lot of data out there. It can be very confusing and scary. So what data should you be looking at? Where can you find it? And what does it mean? 
Don't just go on gut feel. There's lots of stats you can track which will help you. If you've looked at a Google Analytics dashboard, you might think there are too many stats. It is very confusing and tracking them all is a waste of time. It's the important ones that you want to track. So what are the important ones? What are the ones that I suggest that you track? So the first one to track is your overall traffic to your website. It's an obvious metric. And the other thing that you want to track is whether it's going up or down over time. Particularly if you take action. If you do, for example, more marketing on Instagram or more marketing on LinkedIn, is that impacting on the number of people visiting your website? And you can also compare the number of people coming to your website to the number of people taking the action you want them to take. So how many people are visiting your website and how many are buying or booking that call? The best websites convert at 40%. That's 40%, 4 in 10, visitors who take the action you want them to take. For example, buy, make an appointment or book a call. The average is only 4%. There are lots of factors which influence this rate. If your rate is low, it could be because your website is not set up properly to convert or it could be due to the quality of visitors. So your mum visiting your website on a daily basis might help your website traffic, but it's not going to help your conversion rate. Yes, you want more visitors, but you don't want more visitors just for the sake of having more visitors. You want good quality ones, ones that might become clients. And if your conversion rate is low, it's worth thinking about what you can do on your website to make it better. Does your copy need tweaking? Are your images compelling? Do your calls to action guide people to do what you want them to do? Do you even have calls to action? Do they stand out enough? Do you need a new website? <laughs> of course, you know to get in touch with me if that's the case. The second thing to track is where visitors are coming from. So to understand what's currently working within your marketing and what isn't, it's important to know where your existing visitors are coming from. Are they coming from social media? And if so, which platforms are they coming from? It's worth putting more effort into those platforms which drive traffic to your website because we all know that social media can really take up a lot of time. And it's also worth looking at those which drive no or little traffic to see whether it's worth the effort. Now, of course, if you're getting sales through DMs on those platforms, then they might be. But if you're not getting sales through DMs and they're not driving traffic to your website, is it worth spending any time whatsoever on them? And as well as tracking the number of people, the proportion of people coming from social media, you should also track whether the visitors coming from those platforms have a higher or lower than average conversion rate. Because, as I mentioned before, it's not just visitors that you want, but you want people who convert into clients or take whatever other action you want them to take. If they're not coming from social media, are they coming from backlinks on other pages? It's a great way to see if any PR or advertising is working. If you're not getting website visitors, 
and indeed clients aren't telling you that they found you through a particularly piece of PR, then, and you're investing money in it, it might not be the best investment. Do any other businesses list you, for example, as a preferred supplier? Is that getting you website traffic? Again, it's not just numbers that matter, but whether these are converting. Anything which is converting at higher than average rates should be increased. And anything converting at lower than average rates? Well, I suggest you reconsider. Are your website visitors coming from search engines? If people are finding you via search engines, SEO, which words are they using to find you? It's all well and good getting on page one of Google. But if you're not getting traffic from that search term, then there's not that much point in ranking on page one. And are they converting? And if they're not converting, is it because it's not the right kind of visitor? Or because the page they're landing on is not optimised for conversion? A third thing to track is the pages visitors land on. Because you might assume that most people come to your homepage first, and indeed, most people probably do. But that depends upon where they come from, because you might have different landing pages. So, for example, on Instagram, you can only have one website link in your Instagram bio. And a lot of people use Linktree to enable them to have more than one link. But personally, I would add a special landing page for Instagram. It can and indeed should be a simple page with just a few links on it. Links to things that you're promoting on Instagram. So you might talk, you know, in my case, I might talk about my podcast on Instagram. I might talk about certain services. I might talk about my blog. All of those things and indeed free downloads. All of those things which I'm promoting on Instagram, I would have on that special landing page for Instagram. And you can then track the behavior of visitors who land on that Instagram landing page. What are they clicking on, given that they've got a choice? And what do they ultimately do? And of course, do they convert? And if you're writing, say, blog posts, and you're promoting them on lots of different platforms, so you might be promoting them, for example, on your own social media, but you might also be promoting them in um, other Facebook groups. And if you're promoting lots of different blog posts over a period of a month, three months, six months, it's useful to see which ones are attracting visitors and which ones people are just not interested in. They're not clicking on. And of course, you can write more of the ones that people are interested in and fewer of the, on the topics that people are not interested in. Or maybe it's the title. And it's the same with services. When you're promoting particular services, if you've got more than one service and you're promoting those services on different platforms, you can also see which of those kind of services are attracting visitors and which aren't. And it might be that you know that Instagram is attracting a particular kind of service, whereas Facebook might attract something different or people that are interested in something different. And you can use that information to do more of that kind of thing on Instagram um, and more of the other kind of thing on Facebook, for example. You can see which pages or blog posts are traffic, attracting traffic via SEO as well. And that might be from more than one search term. And of course, you can then look at what those visitors are doing. Are they converting into clients? And if not, 
What can you do about it? What can you change on the page to make them more likely to convert? Fourth thing to track is the pages visitors exit your website. So in an ideal world, your website visitors will land on a landing page. They'll go through the pages they need to and either leave your website via the checkout page, having bought something, or a page which has the action you want them to take. So book a call, schedule appointment, etc. And understanding that journey that customers go on through your website is hugely important to increasing conversion. And most importantly, given that not everybody is going to go from that landing page to that action page, where are they dropping out? If you've got pages which get a reasonable number of visitors, but those visitors are then exiting your website from that page without taking the action, why? What can you do to make them stay on your website and take the action you ultimately want them to take? Are you directing them somewhere else? Or are they leaving because they don't know what to do next? And once you know where you're losing people, you can work out why or what you can alter to change that. And when you start to make changes, you can see the impact of that change. So if you tweak your copy, does that increase the number of people who stay on your website? If you change the images, does that have an impact? What about if you change your calls to action? This kind of information is gold. (laughs) Fifth thing to track is which pages or posts are most read and people spend the most time on. When you know which pages or blog posts people are reading, you can think about how those pages can be improved to get people to take action. In the case of blog posts, you can also think about creating more of this kind of content. If you want to get your conversion rates up, you need to focus on the pages people actually read. There's no point spending time improving pages that nobody reads. One of our top blogging tips, which we talk about on previous podcasts, is to update an existing blog post which is doing well. When you update it, don't just look at what's out of date, but think about where you want people to go after reading that post and see what you can do on that post to direct them there. So in terms of stats, what you want to look at is which pages are read the most and which people are spending the most time on because they are the ones that people are getting value from and you need to spend the time optimising. So we know what kind of data we would like. You probably hopefully understand the value of that kind of data and what you can do with that kind of data. Well, how do you get it? And there are a number of different tools you can use to collect this data because there's lots of tools out there which track website visitors anonymously, of course, in order to give you that kind of data. The best known tool is Google Analytics. Google Analytics is free and it gives you all the information you need. Now, confusingly, Google's in the process of closing its old version of Google Analytics and moving people over to Google Analytics 4. And to install Google Analytics, then you just need to type Google Analytics into uh, Google or any other search engine and it will and sign up to Google Analytics. 
and it will then also give you the instructions as to how to add it to your website. And basically, you need to add a small amount of code to your website. If you use WordPress, then you can use a plugin to do that. Um, it will add the code in the right place. And Monster Insights is one plugin which can do that for you. Or if you're feeling a little more confident and uh, know what you're doing, you can add it directly into the header. Now, there are some concerns over privacy with Google Analytics. I'm not going to go into the details of that. It collects IP addresses and those IP addresses are stored in the US and that is considered, I believe, counted to GDPR. So if you use Google Analytics, you absolutely should have a cookies policy and give people the ability to opt out. Uh, there are alternatives to Google Analytics which act differently and as a result they may not require a cookies notice. So there are two that I am aware of. I haven't got personal use of either of them yet but I do intend trying them out and they are Fathom and Plausible. And I'll put the links to both of those in the show notes. Both of these use European data centres so they're not sending the information over to the US and they state that they're compliant with GDPR laws. Now, they work differently to Google. Google uses the data that it collects from your website, which is obviously anonymous um, for its own purposes, um, whereas Fathom and Plausible and indeed other independent ones don't. And they, as a result of that, they do charge a small fee. It's not a huge amount, but they do actually charge a fee. So... Knowing how people are finding and using your website is an important step in getting more clients. You can use a tool like Google Analytics or one of the alternatives like Fathom or Plausible and they give you access to a ton of data which means you can see exactly how people are finding your website, the pages that they're reading and the pages that they're not. Don't worry, I know you spend a lot of time on those pages but there will be some pages on your website which just do not attract people. And you'll also understand the pages they're leaving without taking the action you want them to take. And once you have this data, you can start to make changes to your website. And you can see what changes have an impact. I would, of course, suggest you make the changes one at a time if you really want to see what the impact of any individual one is. And it may be that you decide some forms of marketing are just not worth your while. Whereas other forms of marketing give you people who become clients. So you can do less of what doesn't work and more of what does. Now, I appreciate that does sound very simple. And the practical reality is that people will see you on more than one platform before they will often work with you. Now, maybe you decide as a result of all of this information to make changes to pages on your website. Change copy images, layout, and or calls to action to see what improves conversion. Website data can be incredibly helpful in using your time more effectively to get more clients. So in terms of action, if you don't currently collect the data, that's the first thing that I would do. Install either Google Analytics or look at one of the um, independent ones like Fathom or Plausible. And once you have it installed, then start to look at some of the data and just get yourself familiar with where that data is, what, that, what data is there and 
where you can find the data that I have mentioned. And if you haven't taken notes, don't worry, there is a blog post on this exact subject as well. So you can see on the website at beyondthekitchentable.co.uk slash blog, you will be able to find the blog post there. And that's got the list of the data that I have suggested that you collect uh, in this podcast episode. So just start collecting the data, start looking at the data, getting yourself familiar with it, and then start to look at making changes to either your marketing or your website and see what the impact of those is. I hope you found that useful. I appreciate it. It's actually quite a complicated subject. But hopefully you found it useful. And if you can just have a look at the data and make some small changes, I think that's time really worthwhile. That's it for this week. I will see you next week. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow or subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes. And I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review. That makes a massive difference as to whether Apple shows my podcasts more widely. And head over to my website, beyondthekitchentable.co.uk, where you can find all the ways you can work with me, whether you're just starting out, looking to grow your business, or scaling it. And see you next week.